section thirty five of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter one quoique ces personnes n'aient point d'intérêt à ce qu'ils disent il ne faut pas conclure de la absolument qu'ils ne m'ont point pascal mr lindsay was neither a weak nor a vain man and he was too well acquainted with the nature of miss pratt to attach much credit to anything she said he was aware that without absolutely speaking falsehood she very rarely spoke truth that like many other people she failed in repeating precisely what she heard not so much from design as from confusion of brain redundancy of fancy imperfect organic construction or in short some one or all of the causes which seem to render simple repetition infinitely more difficult than the most compound multiplication or addition much might be said upon this subject but few readers are fond of digressions especially when of a moral or didactic nature the cause of miss pratt's observations must therefore be left to the construction of the world which is seldom disposed to be over charitable in its conclusions mr lindsay indeed was little in the habit of attending to her words being possessed of that enviable power of mental transmigration which placed him when even within her grasp quite beyond the influence of her power he had however been struck with the mystical fragments of speech she had bestowed on him the preceding evening he was aware how little dependence was to be placed upon them but like the spider her webs even though wove out of her own intellectual resources must still have something to cling to and he resolved to lose no time in demolishing those cobwebs of her imagination he therefore accosted her the following morning as according to custom she stood airing herself at the hall door and without allowing her time to spread her wings and fly off in any of her discursive flights he gravely begged to know the meaning of the words she had addressed to him the evening before my words exclaimed she in some astonishment at being for the first time in her life asked for words my words what are you going to make of my words my dear not much but i confess i am rather curious to know in what way i am thought to have played my card so well as oh i know where you are now but if you want to take me in mr edward that won't do they say daylight peeps through a small hole and love like smoke will not hide so you needn't trouble yourself to go about the bush with me but you needn't be afraid mum's the word mum and budget ah 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 do you remember that it's mum with you it seems and budget with a certain gay colonel for he's off the field ay you've really been very sly but what will my lord and his member say to it think you it would be affectation in me to pretend that i do not understand your allusions groundless and absurd as they are said lindsay but i do assure you upon my word of honour bow wow my dear don't tell me of your words of honour in love affairs i'll rather trust to my own eyes and ears than to any of your words of honour i declare you're as bad as anthony white 
i thought he would have raised the country at the report of his marriage with lady sophia bellandine he certainly did pay her some attentions but he never went the links that people said though it wasn't for want of good encouragement well but as i have never presumed to pay attentions and cannot boast of having received any encouragement any report of that kind must have originated in some mistake and replaced both parties in an awkward predicament fiddle-faddle really my dear when the lady doesn't deny it i don't think it sets you very well to be so discomposed about it ay you may look but i assure you it's the case that she as much as confessed it to me last night now confessed what asked mr lindsay in amazement just that the colonel had got his offset oh how i enjoy that and that a certain person with a bow was her humble servant impossible your ears have deceived you my ears deceive me indeed what would they do that for you surely don't think i'm deaf and if i am i'm sure i'm not blind you lovers seem always to think other people have lost their senses as well as yourselves but it's only love that's blind my dear miss pratt i beg you will listen to me seriously while i assure you in the most solemn manner that you are under a complete delusion for myself i can only be honoured by such a supposition but it is injurious it is insulting to miss st clair to have it imagined that she has already bestowed her regards upon me who am in fact still almost a stranger to her mr lindsay spoke with that air of truth and sincerity that would have carried conviction to any other mind as to that it doesn't take a lifetime to fall in love and your sudden love is always the strongest many a one has been over head and ears before you could say jack robinson i really don't see why you should take it so much to heart when the lady puts up with it so quietly but more than that i happened to hear something last night i may as well tell you what it was if it was only to save you telling any more fibs to me about it i happened to be taking a turn through the rooms last night just to cool myself a little after losing seven points all owing to your good uncle's obstinacy when i came to the what do ye call it room there the door was open and there i heard the colonel say in a voice like any lion raising hers in imitation you love that that no matter what that edward lindsay says he and you've deceived and bamboozled me i know that you've given your affections to him but he shall answer for it and so he went on like any madman i didn't hear so well what she said for you know she doesn't speak very loud but i heard her say that she couldn't and wouldn't endure such insolence and that he had no right to speak to her in that way but just then lord rossville was calling me to go and play the game over again with him and at any rate you know i wouldn't have stayed to listen all that is nothing to the purpose cried mr lindsay in some little emotion at least the only purpose is to show how little dependence you ought to place on any of your senses since they must all have beguiled you in this matter you will therefore act a prudent part for yourself and a more delicate one towards miss st clair if you refrain from making any such comments in future be assured you will only render yourself highly ridiculous oh you needn't be afraid i'm not going to trouble my head about the matter returned miss pratt reddening with anger but you'll not easily persuade me that i've lost my senses because i happen to have a little more penetration than my neighbours and away pattered the offended fair rather confirmed than shaken in her preconceived notions on the subject disbelieving as he certainly did the greater part of miss pratt's communications still it was not in nature that mr lindsay should have felt altogether indifferent to them 
although not a person to yield his affections lightly he certainly had been charmed with miss st clair's beauty and grace with the mingled vivacity and softness of her manners and with the open naive cast of her character there was all to captivate a mind and taste such as his but there was still something wanting to render the charm complete firm in his own religious principles he vainly sought in gertrude for any corresponding sentiments gertrude was religious what mind of any excellence is not but hers was the religion of poetry of taste of feeling of impulse of any and every thing but christianity he saw much of fine natural feeling but in vain sought for any guiding principle of duty her mind seemed as a lovely flowery pathless waste whose sweets exhaled in vain all was graceful luxuriance but all was transient and perishable in its loveliness no plant of immortal growth grew there no flowers worthy of paradise mr lindsay had discernment to trace the leading features of his cousin's mind even through the veil which was cast over it by lord rossville's tyranny and mrs st clair's artifice he saw her ardent enthusiastic and susceptible but rash visionary and unregulated he feared she was in bad hands even in her mother's but he dreaded still more lest colonel delmore should succeed in gaining her affections he suspected his design and from his previous knowledge of his habits and principles was convinced that such an union would be the wreck of gertrude's peace and happiness since that strange and mysterious adventure in the wood he had felt a still deeper interest in her and he wished if possible to gain her friendship and confidence that he might endeavour to save her from the snares with which she was beset in short lindsay's feelings towards her were compounded into one which could not have been easily defined it was neither love nor friendship yet partook of the nature of both for it had somewhat of the excitement of the one with the disinterestedness of the other the mutual embarrassment of the cousins was not lessened when they next met and they seemed by a sort of tacit agreement to avoid each other which miss pratt set down as a proof positive that there was a perfect understanding between them but she was highly provoked that with all her watching and spying she never could detect stolen glances or soft whispers or tete-a-tete walks or private meetings or any of those various symptoms which so often enable single ladies to anticipate and settle a marriage before it has been even thought of by the parties themselves not daring however to give utterance to her thoughts where she was and unable any longer to keep her discovery pent up within her own bosom she availed herself of the opportunity of a free cast as she called it to make out her visit to lady millbank and there she accordingly betook herself with her budget containing in strict confidence all the particulars of colonel delmore's refusal his impertinent perseverance his frightening miss st clair into hysterics by his violence etc 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 then came the history of mr lindsay's acceptance her own bright discoveries a full and minute description of the pearls well garnished with conjectures as to how it would all end when mr member came to poll and found another elected and returned some of these dark sayings she had even dared to throw out to lord rossville but his lordship's thoughts were so engrossed by the realities of electioneering that he had none to throw away upon it metaphorically miss pratt's departure was as usual a relief to the whole party but to none so much as to miss st clair and mr lindsay who soon found themselves conversing together if not with their former ease with more than their former interest in each other 
she could not be insensible to the quiet elegance of his manners and the superiority of his conversation but yet she failed to do him justice for solely occupied with one engrossing object she merely sought in any other wherewithal to lighten the tedium of his absence two different pictures had been presented to her in the characters of the cousins the one rich varied and brilliant in its colouring the other correct and beautiful in its outline the one attracting instant admiration the other appreciated only by the careful and discriminating had perfection itself now been placed before her it had failed to captivate the heart over which a dazzled imagination had cast its deceitful hues the idol of that heart had gained an absolute ascendancy over her affections and on it she looked not with the steady eye of sober truth but with the fascinated gaze of spell-bound illusion End of section thirty five